1: And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then.
3: There's a small bit of a needle there.
2: Come on, Mayo, you've got to
1: get Andy Moran into the
2: game. Our mission was
0: to show that we are no longer no whipping the whipping bites of Munster. Hello, people out there. Hope you're all um, keeping the, the the sunny side out. Uh, difficult times we keep saying every week, and uh, but um, think you're playing a stormer anyway. Ninety nine percent of people are playing a stormer. I know everyone is getting itchy feet and. Um, it looks like we might be in for a little extended period of, of lockdown, but look, if we have to, I think we have to go by what we're told. I know we've, we've different opinions on it, but um, I think it's important that we, you know, we keep debts to a minimum anyway, and that's, you know, that's not me now, that's just a personal opinion. I'm not, I'm not representing anyone on that, so we're trying to lighten your day for you here a little bit, if we can, and um, trying to come up with new topics every week, so join today. Hopefully, Mark Landers might be able to join us in a while. We're having a bit of problem getting through to in there uh wi-fi everywhere is a problem but i i kind of been saying over the last few weeks that if cnn and sky news are breaking down we're entitled to break down a small bit here on the irish examiner uh podcast so <laughs> if there's a bit of sound trouble at any stage that's it's down to wi-fi uh in limerick are you at work today tj I'm at work today, Delo,
2: yeah. Thankfully, we are still rolling, so uh, obviously playing by the rules.
0: How, how are you making up stuff to do, TJ? Uh,
2: tricky one, um, Delo, but you know, I'm kind of a lifetime of um, calling people, and you know when you have a name for getting up early in the morning, you can stay in bed all
0: day, Delo, as you know yourself. Well, I kind of got the wrong see from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how early I get up, I don't know I stay in bed all day the fucking bad stuff is worse like you know uh stuff anyway but yeah. look it's, it's it's great it's great to have you out there whoever's listening to us and I, I know as the week as the as the weeks go on uh podcasts have become more and more popular because um you know people are trying to get in their exercise and the, and they're getting the, the the earbuds in so today we thought we'd look at maybe a few d- different things maybe uh how the game has changed and 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 you know the, from when we played and indeed when we managed even TJ that you know, from, from now till back then, how, how things have changed, maybe even the life of a county player uh, and and the whole technology um, and maybe how different counties have an advantage with their financial back. And I know there's been so much made out of, of Dublin, you know, more um more towards their footballers than their hurlers. Thank God, from my point of view, I didn't ever, ever get too much grief, but I presume if we'd won one all Ireland, we'd have got loads of it. Um, but yeah, um, the the difference is there, and and um, what what's happening, and what you'd actually want as a team manager, you know. I know we all different, and 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 uh, you know, right back to the basics. Did you? Did you just off the top of my head? Did you wear an earpiece while you were on the line? I did a bit of both,
2: Stella. Yeah, um, I, there were some games I just didn't want to, and in other games, if I was looking for specific things and I wanted the wording straight away, so like we did have the technology and it was available to us. I suppose it's down to the individual, really, you know, and who you're speaking to and how much you can rely on them. Uh, you don't want somebody in nine you during the game, but um, so much happening on the line now on any given day. I think having it is a help because you can, you, you can just be made aware of the smallest little things that can affect the game. Like, But just to go back to the, to the start, the game probably is still the same, Dale, as we all know. It's still 15 on 15, but... Three points for a goal in the scores and the county versus county and club versus club, but certainly the preparation and the approach by teams has changed massively. Probably since the turn of the century, it really has kicked on with the SNC nutrition analysis, psychology, stats. It's just gone bananas and probably getting worse from that side of it. Worse or better? Um, it depends. Like I think you can get hung up on um, a lot of stuff. Um, like as I said, the fundamentals are still the same. Your game plan has to be executed well by your players. It still comes down to that. Like you still have to have ability. Like it's very hard to win games without that. Uh, so, like you can get hung up on an awful lot of other stuff, but you'd probably have to say that the modern managers, modern coaches, are refining this to a really, really good place. And I think it's making the game better. That, in be my opinion.
0: Yeah, um, you know. I, I, the way I would have operated on the line always, you know, the the, the bloody nine years I did it, some years where uh, the fellas should have been telling me I should have bought my ears stuffed with cotton wool maybe with the way I was doing things. But I used to, <laughs> I used to um, have two guys that I really trusted as kind of knowledgeable, and especially with, in the Clare years because I have more of a, a feeling for who was there. In Dublin, when I went up, it was all very new to me. But I had two guys who weren't selectors, right? But they were two guys that I would say I would have run anything by I probably would have played with both of them in various guys, one from my own club, one from another club, but I would have played with them in county. And what I had them is them linked up to somebody on the line. And I wouldn't wear it myself because I found it too much of a distraction. Do you know that fella's into your ear? But what I would get them to relate re- to one of my selectors who I trusted would, uh, I suppose, you know, pre- take the information and maybe – like one of the things I would I would have said, you know, just – Cokes and a, a modern manager a fellow who's still involved at the moment was he said look don't be throwing data at me give give me a solution because I'm trying to work out solutions anyway myself so I don't need you coming out to say and I think there's a problem we'll say at left half back or at centre back and you come up to me to say corner back he's gone you know way off any stats here have we have we not, You know, come to me and maybe say let's swap the corner back and wing back you know and things like that and that's a whole interesting thing I it was probably a bit different in Dublin, but I, I would have let Richie Stake and wear the the earpiece um, from the stats people. And I found that he never bothered me when he felt maybe at times, when you know the way you're arguing a toss TJ on a line ball or something and you're you're, you're yes. hit up a bit. And uh, next thing you're trying to cool yourself down and get back in the game. And the next thing something is saying to you, uh, look, uh, number seven is in huge trouble here. <laughs> Very hard to bring your thoughts and your mind back down to that moment. You need people you trust around you. I think on that situation, you do. And and they like,
2: how, how, how much do you go with stats versus your gut at times um, in the moment? That's that's a difficult one. And just what you said there, like you can have a corner back whose stats are in trouble, right? Because he's getting got to two or three balls. But the problem really probably is outside the field where your guys aren't getting tackles in and there's guys in the half and in the opposition. Place beautiful ball in front of any cornerback, and he won't be able to defend it. So I suppose that's where the whole idea of the amount of stats and how you use them on, on, on a given day that that is a tricky one for any manager. And I suppose we all have different traits as to how to do that. And then at teams today, like the tackle, that's a huge one. Like definitely in hurling, what is a tackle? Like how do you define a tackle? If you wanted to count your team's tackles today. They're like, is it is it a hook? Is it a block? Is it a talking challenge? Is it contact? And I suppose that's where you have to get your stats team together, everyone kind of feeding into the one piece that you're driving, and you have to drive the stats that you really want against a certain opposition. Like, turnovers is a big word at the moment like in, in Hurling and trying to get scores and turnovers. But, like you could be on top of an opposition, your turnover count might be down, but the reason your turnover count is down is because your mind in position so well, that stat is reading really, really well, and basically your turnover's down. So you have to be able to use the stats in a way that you want on a given day. Some of the stats, Dale, as you well know, are as useful as a handbrake and a canoe.
0: <laughs> an as and a motorbike. I'm learning all these ones as the podcasts are going on over, over, the, over the few weeks. Yeah, and even at that, you know what? Uh, going back, involved at club level, you know, even with Croaks and, and back with our own young lads uh, this year, you know, even young lads will come to you and say, what what's a turnover? Dale? What do you define as a turnover? Or, you know, what is a, you know, what is a good tackle? Not even a turnover. We all know a turnover would get the ball technically back to your team. But, you know, we often try to define it, I suppose, with, with lads that I, I trust working with, but that you turn a player back towards his own goal and make him play the ball. You know, so a good, good corner forward yes. who's working hard that he would make the corner back instead of letting him pass him or fouling him. That he would force him back towards his own goal and make him play the ball, even if that was back to his goalie. But that he or try and clear it over his shoulder. That he would make him even do that. And that that was the best way I could nearly simplify it for the lads who were who were in question of that. Like, do they mean ripping possession from a guy so we have the ball so I can set up a score? And I said, look, if you can do that for me, it's nearly a double turnover, you know, but for basic stuff that you want to break it down to what you can do in terms of work rate, but that's how I defined it for them. I think that was the best way I, I could do it. And you know, I wonder, look, we both managed against him. Yeah. I, I, I had the luxury of playing with him. And often the guy who's, who's looked at out there as the king of, you know, using stats, using tactics, using all that, I suppose Derek McGrath was maybe uh, up there as well. in in terms of where people thought and, and, I know Don Log is managing the Cork Miners issue, but he'd been coaching. And he, you know, on the Sunday game, I suppose he would be the king of that sort of stuff. But, you know, you often wonder how Davy would. He must have people around him that he really trusts on that because we know how involved Davy gets on the line with every play, you know, between question and calls. And, and that's especially earlier years in his management. I'd say later years, he is more tranquil at times, all right? But. You would have to say there has to be a, a, a kind of backup set up there that would he'd he definitely trusts very strongly,
2: yeah. and then if, if if we even take the stats, right? Like for someone like a Davey, right, how much is his own stats as important to? how much of the opposition stats? is he, who who he's playing next week, right? How much does he buy into all the stats that they've gathered? The opposition, right, and who's the key player? I think david does a little bit more of that than maybe a lot of some of the other managers. I think he really goes after, I suppose, the, the, the kind of king in the opposition, and he kind of makes sure he shuts them down. And, like if you look at, I suppose, maybe the modern game, I think about approximately 30 percent of scores that teams get comes from their own puckouts, 15 percent from the opposition out and the remainder comes from turnovers. So, that middle third. Where most of these teams today, right, are just really, really savage and going after getting those turnovers and turning them into scores, that appears to be an awful lot of the winning and losing the games today. Now sometimes it can be hard to watch. But my belief I think is if we educate um, all the people that are watching games and see like look at the game plans, see what the opposition are trying to do, see where the, the two game plans are coming together, see why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I think you'll
0: enjoy the game more. Yeah, we we mentioned after year. And for well, in fairness, you mentioned after year that you know the, the Sunday game, and I wrote about it last Monday. The way it works up there, and that I think it'd be very hard to change that Sunday night uh, concept because you know if people at the game come on from the games want to see whether they're right or not um, on certain things, how the fella play, and you won't really see that in the highlights package, but you might see the little the technical things. But there is a huge space there, but of course it's not allowed, as I understand it. Um, on rights to show stuff. You know, I know TG Gara have a great highlight show on Monday night, but it's very much covering the games that are not shown, but that there would be massive space for, uh, you know, we all see it on Sky Sports on Monday night football, you know, where you have Carragher and Neville uh, going through the real topics that they feel really swung the game and where the game was won and lost. That'd be something that'd be massively welcomed by, by GA people everywhere in the country, I think.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of sports have changed, and I suppose, depending on what sport you're watching, like for me, something like horse racing, right? the time will tell now, watching the splits and the furlongs and the time of a race. Like, if you watch tennis matches, you can see all the stats, percentages of serves in, whether it's golf for the Masters, you're watching Dello, how many greens and regulation they've hit, how many puts they've had. I think there's so much more there. Like, in the GEA, we probably talk about some simple ones, like how many scores somebody got or how many frees they've hit or how many wides they hit. But, like, things like like Who had the most assists in the championship last year? Uh, how many possessions? Who's hitting the, the big possessions in the middle of the field? What is a midfielder possession-wise expected to hit 24, 25, 26 possessions? Who's off the charts? I think that type of stuff would bring like something like the Sunday game further. I do think there's a lot of people who'd like to see it. And I do think it gives you a better picture. Like I know from my side being at a game and being involved in the game and a bit like yourself there sometimes you get animated and, and maybe after the game i might be given up about a particular player right but then i look at the stats and say just he had 12 or 13 possessions and even being involved really deeply involved in the game there can be stuff that can surprise you afterwards and i just think for the viewer i think that it can go so far like if you look at the nfl and check any player online today and you can find out about tackles and sacks and passing yards and interceptions and running yards and touchdowns and stuff like that. I just think that some people say to me today about can the GA or the Hurling go any further. I actually think it can. I think there's so much more information. And I do think that the players want this. And I do think they buy into it. I think they like it. And I think it's 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 the next phase of what's coming.
0: Yeah. And you know what? An awful lot of um, our opinion is clouded by, I won't say, just pub talk, you know. Um, but... So much of that, you know, you yeah, look, you will retire for a pint maybe. Some people might find themselves doing it on the Monday after reading the papers or whatever. They'll go into the local place, the local butchers, maybe even or there's always a place in every village, isn't there, where the, the match has been dissected the following day or that night. And an awful lot can be easy soft talk, you know, that a very prominent player like that's you know, he they don't see as much of him as, you know, I saw a comment on somebody I think it was Mara and Kelly on some forum, made a comment about do you know, they're doing their four big guys or big people over the history uh, for each county and she was doing Galway and she says it's got to the point that Joe Canning is if he doesn't get 2-12 he hasn't had a good game Do you know, and I think there's a whole lot out there that if if we could break down what the Joe Cannings let's say the Key and Lynch's the Tony Kelly's the Austin Gleason's what they're actually doing in, in various games and they're probably doing an awful lot more in terms of running and if we could see their GPS stats and all that it would it would make for far more accurate conversation. Not that sometimes that's always the best thing as well as everyone saying, "Well, I'm right because this is the stats." Do you know uh, that's that just to drive me demented as well? Because you have to interpret what each player is capable of as well. Would you feel that as well? I, I, there's a somewhere a happy medium in between there. Yeah, and I, I think even
2: like if you look at a corner forward today, like how many real good go like possessions will he get in the game like you're expecting a lot of scores but like you might only get in, in in an average game might only get 8 to 10 possessions like 4 or 5 each half where he just has the ball in, in full possession and I do agree with you like it was good to see T.J. Reid last year. I think he got man of the match maybe on two occasions where he actually didn't score from play, but his work rate, his general work, and everything he was doing for the team—he was literally carrying them. So at least it is being recognised by the likes of yourselves because you said you—you are seeing it more in the Sunday game. But I still think that there's more. As I said, I—I do like watching that Monday night soccer thing there. Even though I'm not a huge soccer fan about how teams set up, how the game plan works, the possession, the assists. The two Liverpool fullbacks at the moment. A lot of talk about the amount of assists that they have. I do think in hurling that there's a lot more that can be brought to the table that the general viewer out there would like to see, and definitely would become more knowledgeable as with game plans. I think if before a game, if you said this, is how I expect uh, Claire to set up. This, so I expect Waterford to set up. This is where the interesting battles. We can just do more of that, and I think it'll bring better. We're probably had been used to the traditional one to fifteen. And I suppose there's an awful lot of people out there who expect number two to be marking number fifteen and number six to be marking number eleven, but we well know definitely a lot a lot of that is gone.
0: Yeah, and like I, I think there would be there would be a massive appetite and your your dead right. I think and all these things are obviously viewership is is what uh you know carries the day on a lot of things, but I think you'd have a massive viewership on a Monday night. You know, people home after the weekend and the first day back to work and the whole Monday syndrome doesn't be great at times after championship matches and and uh, I think you know that they'd love it. I think they'd love it to relax after the day's work is done and look back over the match and dissect it and all that. Just back teaching you know, all the way. I suppose in in my time anyway managing and I saw I saw both sides of it. I suppose being involved with Limerick as well and then Dublin was probably more high tech than clear as well in terms of we more availability of. Of, of stuff on stats and 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 video stuff it was easier to get hold of that stuff anyway maybe it was just matching up to the footballers as i said earlier but um very much changed now to the kind of ipad system where and i often told the story how funny it was like we, we used to use with limerick because they kind of they used to use the same uh, system they had in LIT, which claire were using as well i think was the like the green amber and red system where if a guy was going really well he'd low a load big big green Amber, he was winning the ball. His men might be winning the ball. And a fellow was red and he was getting nearly purple if he was going very bad. I often tell the story about one of the best tests that that Claire Three in a row under 21 team got was against Tip one night in Ennis. They were really in trouble. And Peter Duggan was not going well at, at wing forward. And I think he was winning his puck outs. And who they had wing back was, was matching him. And that's where Dougie's big strength would be in a lot of ways. But there was a massive long range free. And they were there, the stats crowd were sending down a massive amount of stuff, you know. Uh, that Dougie was in huge trouble, maybe shifting full, whatever. But the boy just stuck him into the edge of the square <laughs> for this long-range free, and of course Dougie, as he can do, just one-handed doubled on a roof in the net. Whole complexion of the game. Uh, I'd nearly have broken the iPads at that moment, <laughs> like you know. But I think that's where good management has to come into play as well. That you 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 use them to back up where where your gut is telling you, and and the days of ticking boxes are probably gone. Like I also just witnessed another bit of a horror show. I won't say where, I won't say when, but where we had conceded a goal, the team I was involved with, and this technology was down with the laptops in the dressing room, you know. And uh was a guy in the in the back room really got the two guys that were involved in the concession of the goal. Like, but we'll just say it was a cornerback and a wingback or a fullback and a centre back. I don't want to go into the specifics now, but he actually called the two of them over. Kind of, I only copped it right at the end, and he said, "Come here, do you see this?" I can't show it to them at halftime. Like, I just, I literally lost it, I have to say, when I found out about it. But uh, it'll tell you how dangerous it can be as well, that whole technology area.
2: Yeah, and like, I think that with all those stats, even like live, you're trying to talk about there on on, on the sideline, how do you process that? How can you change a game plan, which is difficult halfway through a game? But I I, I do know that like after a game, that some of the modern main statisticians are spending... Approximately forty hours a week, there I have to believe dissecting a game fully, looking at your team and the opposition team, right? And that's even before you're probably even maybe some of the viewers will have thinking about GPS vests when a player take off his jersey. Some players are wearing hat monitors as well. Like, where does all that feed into? But like, knowledge is power, and like the SNC guys, the stats guys, like even though it mightn't be hugely effective today's game. It's all feeding into maybe a season-long stats in a given player, what ground he's covering, how he's performing, his sprint distances, his overall distances. And I think all that gathering of information is huge in the modern game. You really have to see it. If you sat in a room with just one of these guys, let's say the guy who's looking after after Suffolk at the moment, right? you would be astounded at the minute information that would be available on every single
0: player. It's it's mind-blowing. How would you get in there with Sean O'Donnell, uh, TJ? Uh,
2: I'm, I'm sure, Della, if you if you, if you give Sean a shout, he'll bring you and, and, and show you. But he he's one of the top guys at it at the moment. He's been hugely important to the Limerick setup over the last couple of years. And I suppose it's a part of the game that maybe that we will have been behind them for a while. And Limerick have really, 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 really gained by having someone like him. But there are some really, really good people that are doing this around the country now. And it's becoming... I'd say into the club scene, now, You see more and more clubs, video and games. You see more stats. Like for myself, they're involved with... Um Thomas is there for the last couple of years. He's yeah. a guy there really, really, really good at it. Um, some of the stats he gives you, he spends a huge amount of time at it. And I suppose just for like a lot of people out there, like after you play a game and you're going home from your club game to Dale, or you're happy that you won by a pint, and then you're at home having the cup of tea there at 8 o'clock and you see the stats and you're going, Jesus, I didn't realise that. And it can change your mind about how you approach and some of the training. And then I suppose using those stats as to maybe some of your weaknesses or some areas that's kind of nearly organizing training if you're for the next week or two in areas you need to improve on and that's just basically the way the current coaches and designing new training sessions to come up with solutions to the problems you're having on the field and i suppose that's what the stats guys are feeding into the stats guy the coach is chatting this will need to do better and it's, it's, it's having a huge impact on the way teams are approaching games
0: yeah and we mentioned Johnny there and I know he's very well, I don't know him at all now. I know he's a club mate of yours, but I, I know he's very well thought of and that, and an interesting one and that just keep the little bit of the Limerick angle going. I'm not being, I'm not trying to uh, nail Limerick on it now, but they're obviously probably were favorites for the All-Ireland if we, if we get to play it and uh, that kind of thing. And they were champions two years ago, but obviously one of the things as well from trying to, when I was involved there with the Academy was, you know, yeah, uh, get the odd chat with Paul Kinnear, who's obviously a superb guy and, uh, like Kinnock, like telling me, like that he would he wouldn't watch the replay of a game at all, no way, unless it was the behind the goals camera angle, you know, and you see the Limerick, you know, always, you know, every county nearly does it that way now, anyway. But Kinnock just no, no way, I have no interest in looking at it. He said, I've seen it, I've, I've watched it. I might have a quick look at that on Sunday evening. Or I might look at G in the Sunday game. He says, but then when I'm sitting down Monday to to do that, that I I just want to see the behind the goal. And I'm wondering, like, and you mentioned the TJ, like leading in then to, to you know. Have some counties just gone ahead, where there's there's no real chance for maybe some counties, as was as more especially in football, where you have a massive range, all thirty two kind of fancy themselves as did, you know, they're talking this year. how we'll we we'll run off to hurling, maybe you know there's possibility talk of the, the Joe McDonough finalists wouldn't get into the Liam McCarthy as such for one year, and we'd have maybe a straight old old farm and that kind of. But in the football, there's talk of of an open draw where all thirty two would go into a hat and that kind of thing and. I suppose it the gaps just get bigger. And you, you you mentioned there, TJ, like forty hours a week, maybe some of these guys like put like we know the top two in hurling at the moment, perceived anyway, I suppose, from the last two years are, are Tipperary uh, and Limerick and we know the financial backing that's there, like and are they just getting further and further ahead of the posse? Like is it is it how can you have like this what they talk about a high performance culture without actually having high performance people like Shawnee O'Donnell? Do you know? I don't know the various people. I mean, I was very lucky in Dublin. Well, I never had really questions asked about I, I, I Denise Martin, and then I had a great girl from from uh, for Jenny Cody, um, who was based in Dublin. But I never really had to worry about that end of it, you know. Dublin were were great that way. But will is their counties? I mean, just say their counties in football. They're just saying, look, we're not the days of these breakthroughs. Like you know, let's say Leeds from winning Connacht in '94. This isn't going to happen anymore because they're gone so far behind the Mayo's. We know Mayo and Kerry would have a massive. Ah, look, I'm not from Asian here, I hope. Uh, just, they would have a massive overseas uh, diaspora over there that they tap into every year. You know, the Kerry boys go to New York and Boston every year there. The Darrow O'Shea's, the Mikey Sheedy's, and they come home with a couple of good dinner dances and speeches and they rally round and there's a good few dollars put into the system. And, you know, our county's just at a different level now, I'm wondering. You know... that that the other counties just can't can't compete? No,
2: the answer to the question is yes, there are. Like if you look at all sports, like look at like look at soccer and premiership, like the the teams with the most money, like they 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 can make the better preparations, rugby is the same. A lot of sports are the same. Horse racing, the big stables where the big money is, they have the more success. And it's gone a little bit like that in hurling and football. Like the the amount of money that it costs to prepare a team and look at saying what can money do for a team, right? Well I suppose, first of all, if you take maybe even just starting with the S&C side of it, building early, giving guys the platform, whether that's in the form of gym memberships or access to a gym, like, and all that unfortunately costs money. Like The GPS data, the heart monitors, monitoring all that. like, like if you take a heart monitor on a player at training, you can effectively, on a, on a laptop, assess how hard that, that player is working and training, and having all that available is giving that team more data it doesn't hey, guarantee Jesus, you hey, success.
0: Would hey, like it out. Them heart that hasn't trained. I wouldn't want to be there now there's there, kid.
2: No, we we, we would have, we would have been probably like I think the red is where you're kind of really working your hardest. We wouldn't have been in the red that often. But I'm just saying the availability of having training camps and having all this backroom team available, like all that costs money. I know, I know that's a tricky one for the GEA in an amateur game. But like you go to things like psychology, um, like even the whole PR behind the team. Like and I said to you about. You know, we, we knew here that the PR machines out there, this team is working hard, it's training hard, it's, training hard. it's good, giving off a good vibe. The county's getting behind it. You know I mean? Everyone's buying into it. But like GPS systems, like all those vests, all expensive, like the updating software, it's gone that way. And there's no doubt, no doubt for me that the finance behind those teams is a massive help. Anybody who tells you different, Delo, is not living in the real world.
0: Yeah, and I know even in Clare, like you know, um, before the lockdown, um, like there's a there's a side. A um, lot of counties have it. You hear about club Tyrone and all, but there's a club Clare now as well. You know, uh, headed up by great people like I know Jamesy's wife is involved there, Caroline, and the accountant side of it. And but John Cairn, the ex superintendent, and he be he be maybe the chairman of it. But they had two massive events planned. One in the West County and in Ennis, where they were going to tie in maybe the twenty five year Clare from 95 thing as, as a team for the night but it was basically a fundraiser for uh, Club Clare now which not just the senior team but they'd, they'd feed it right down to the juvenile uh, efforts and that's where county boards are nearly welcoming that sort of initiative now that they, the county boards are seen where there is a little bit of resen- r- resistance to the old county board system of we, love, we have the county draw you know an X amount will go back to the clubs and the rest goes into preparing the teams whereas you have the outside group and there's a lot of companies and individuals who are really concerned about just they want to keep clear at the top table and I know they'd also sold out a gig in the four seasons in Dublin for late April I think it was maybe even last Friday or this Friday we'd have been really having a good day out TJ in Dublin but you know uh, that's the, the boards are coming around now to welcoming that sort of thing because they just mightn't have uh, a tenio or maybe uh, you know the likes of a JP or Dublin with an AIG Do you know um, that they are welcoming that 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 side group that are willing to go away and and raise that extra few quid. Yeah, well, this
2: Friday, I had a day planned in Punchestown, uh, I was getting looked after up there, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have been this Friday. But just to what you're saying there, right? Like, if you take a youngster, let's say sixteen, seventeen, into a minor setup at the moment, right? He just needs a platform. In order for him to break onto the senior panel, right? You, you just won't come from nowhere, just as I said a while ago. Like if, if you haven't been following some form of a strength and conditioning program, no, you just get killed in the modern game. And I think going back to the nineties, where we would have been told you need to train harder, you need to be harder, you need to do this, like we would have been kind of driven to do that. The, the, the modern era now, right, is yes, hard work is required, but like things like your time off, your sleep, your your eating, like your your exercise, how you go about your business. All those things are buying into the optimum performance, and that's where the game has changed massively. And that's where I suppose a few quid is required, like allowing good SNC guys, good nutritionists, people understanding where people are at in terms of your job, your college, your career, buying all that in to find the future into county player. And that takes time, and that takes money as well.
0: Yeah, and I, I suppose just got lucky to get for the three years involved with Limerick, just to see that the systems, you know, it's not. Not rocket science, I've said this loads of times, but just the old academy and some, you know, some people would be critical of that. But I think it just does identify guys early that really have the potential to kick on. Doesn't always come true. Other things, life comes in the way at times and that, you know, but yeah, look, I think, you know, people have, we're all very quick to, you know, I mean, way back in the day, we ran up and down hills. Everyone was running up and down a hill then, weren't they? Because <laughs> if they're running up and down hills, we better run up and down hills. So it's changed, changed now to, to technology, I suppose. And t- just to take it to a different maybe angle, you know, the technology and things, you know, how t- we, we would have talked about it on our pods last year with yourself and maybe even with the guy's dad, even uh, in, in Brian Hogan, and the tip goalie with Ken. And and you know, the whole thing about the the, the Hawkeye element and, and, and where we're gone and not having some of the aspects... Now, we have Hawkeye and Turles, but we don't really have it anywhere else. I know for the 17 quarterfinals when they played them in in Park Kiev, I suppose to give it the status it deserved, Parky with the new stadium, and that they kind of brought it in for the day. Probably cost a lot of money now. I know in Turles, they estimate it cost eight grand per, per big game to, to run it. But just, you know, some of the stuff last year, I mean, the John McGrath goal, from the one Hogan took down, I think it was 21 seconds. John had the ball buried in the net at the other end and the whole team was called back and a point gi- given to Wexford. And you know, um it's 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 a change world, isn't it? You know, Mark even mentioned it two weeks ago when we were on about picking our Munster team of the year about Jodine should be on and that goal against those in 99 and he was saying was he in the square wasn't he? And I said, Mark, my bake wasn't about he'd been in the square at all that day. It was when Johnny McGrath flicked the ball back in that it was gone wide and I was sure it was gone wide because I was I was near enough, you know. I wasn't actually marking anything, design, but uh, and I would hold my hand up if I was. But I had a good view of it because I was near him, and I thought the ball was maybe a foot over the line and had gone wide. And but stuff like that, I mean, where where do you see that going at this stage? It's it's a source of real frustration, isn't it? I mean, in in the sense that if Munster had gone ahead this year, you know, you'd have had you know uh, Limerick and Clare and Ennis. uh Donald Tui could have taken down one of those balls and Ennis and it would be up to an umpire to call it. And and if he was not Ireland semi-final, as we yeah. saw what happened Limerick last year, now that didn't come into play because that was that was a different thing. But Limerick did bring in a proposal to Congress about bringing in a, maybe a VAR system.
2: Yeah, and, and as as just what we spoke about, there there is a real strong chance that let's say the five teams or maybe all hurling counties in the Limerick county, the margins are getting finer and finer, so you could really be coming down to a, like a marginal call. And it, it doesn't seem fair that the Brian Ogan won the pint would come into play in Crow Park and wouldn't come into a play, let's say, in a monster final or a monster semi-final. And we are coming down to some of those decisions. I suppose for the viewer out there and and the general GEA fan and the, say the follower, once the right decision is made, I do suppose we are we are, we're accepting that at least the call was correct. And that's back to what you're saying there about Hawkeye and maybe something like like, I know VAR has come in for a lot of criticism, and we probably all have given out about it, depending on who you follow. I know Spurs, he definitely had been the big <laughs>
0: benefactors of VAR. Yeah. Correct, but, DJ. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, after breaking in there, Larry in the background again. But if you look at
2: it, to go back to something like a tennis, right, and a, and a serve moving at 125 or 130 miles an hour, right, and there's maybe two or three millimeters in it, they're getting these decisions very much right. So, again, like, we all know, like as in the words of Gabriel Byrne, "That which is not evolving is dying." We definitely need to be moving to make sure all the decisions going forward are right. I do think you'll have less hassle if the decision is right. Um, like, and some of the calls are really, really fine. Like, I know we spoke very briefly about the sending off in the All Ireland, and there was questions like, of "Richie Hogan, who sent him off? Was it the linesman? Was it the referee? Was it upstairs?" So, is there a little bit of air in Crow Park? And Novar anywhere else, Dale, you probably are maybe closer to the scene than I am.
0: Yeah, well, um, back to the red card for Richie Hogan. I don't think Johnny Murphy can be blamed anyway, if uh, what we believe is right, that he said that uh, there was a bit of play acting going on by Cahill until the blood was seen, I think. You know? But um, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the big thing there being, for me, like that Hogan took down the ball over the bar, we couldn't really see from where we were now in lifetime and you couldn't really see from the camera either. But, I mean, if that was under the bar, and I, geez, I, I played in a semi-final of an, an Ireland club where our, our corner forward, Alan Neville, would have been a clear clear man at the time. And he he scooped the ball into the net for Joyerty to scoop it back out again. I think even Joe would admit that it was definitely over the line. But And even watching the video, you can nearly see it's over the line. But that wasn't there. And then, and that wasn't even there last year. Like, if that if that was a shot from just say that was a shot from Lee Chin that that uh Hogan had got his hurley to it but it it had spun back behind the line and he scooped it back out that that would have been down to the umpire again and surely that's a complete anomaly like for for the greatest stadium in Europe one of the greatest stadiums in Europe that they can see up from the crossbar that it was over the bar uh but they can't see down for a three point uh, surely that's way off the mark like and even Look at, and then yeah, we're out of Pro Park the, again two I, years I, I, ago. I, the Aussie, Aussie Gleeson one, like
2: yeah, that was in the Gilly Grounds, but the, oh, sorry, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if people are fully aware in Delo that the, like Hawkeye isn't in place for a goal decision, and like we could have a situation where an All Ireland semi final or an Ireland final is decided by a decision, um, that you can't go to Hawkeye for. Like, I know, like, when we played Kilkenny in 2014, Davy Green nearly had a goal in the first half, of the ball lived on the line, and we, we, we didn't get it over the line. And people said afterwards but Hawkeye, but it wasn't in place for goals, but. Again, those key decisions have to be get right because we're just speaking about fine margins and we want decision, the decision to be correct. But then that, the question, is it in Ennis? Is it in Crowe Park? Is it in Park in and the Gaelic Grounds? And can you use different rules in Crow Park to the Gaelic Grounds or Torless? I suppose that, 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 that is a question for the GEA. And this was one that we'd like to see uniform as the same for everywhere in every, in every pitch. How feasible is that? And I suppose that's back to our old friend dollars again, isn't
0: it? Yeah, but, that, but that's the link in, though, You know, I, I think, like, if, if counties are putting so much in, I mean, you know, like, that the last match in Munster could be as every bit as important as the All-Ireland final. With all the effort that's going in now, and we've been involved recently enough, I suppose, we were both involved in Intercounty up to, you know, did you finish in 15 or 14? 15, was it? Um, 15. 15, I finished at 14, i I'd say, at that level. I mean, Jesus, you know that, the, you know... That that quarterfinal match is every bit as important. Ye I'm the my last match, ye came out after I met you in the tunnel and you wired going out to beat Wexford and I down the dumps after being hammered by Tip. There was there was two contrasting moments in time. But you know that that match was every bit as important as if you made that final that year.
2: Oh, 100%. Was 16, actually. I was 14, 15, 16. But the, the last match in round Robin planned for Munster the way it was for this summer was Limerick were going playing tip, right? Like, how crucial could that game have been if it had it, it had gone ahead? And you're coming down to maybe a small decision to decide which team goes through not to mind which team can, it, can, it, can it stay in the championship. But, like, I, I come back to, I think there's more can be done if you look at what's available in the stats, right, and what information you can get, nearly down to the speed of the ball, right, I do think that overall there's a bigger picture for the GEA to use technology in a way, whether it's with the ball, whether it's with the grounds, there is definitely a role. And I, th- I think we should see, and I think we will see some changes over the next four or five years here.
0: Yeah, it, it probably will evolve. And as you said about the goal and, and the chip maybe in the ball, but of course, then we'd have the likes of Don Logan again to run in. Uh, new balls every chance he got there and Babs fighting with him to take him all I suppose look we will never quite solve it I suppose but you know I think Hawkeye as you said I think this is the great thing how accepting we've we've become of it like and it's brilliant and I suppose the speed of it in Crow Park and I think for me it gave us And I, I, I actually highlighted it as my most memorable moment uh, of the decade we did a thing in the Sunday game was 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 the bubbles free in 14 where eighty two thousand of us Stare scared at a, a screen where the where the sponsors fairly got mileage out of it. I tell you, <laughs> um, you know to know, was bubbles long free over the bar, and what a moment that gave us. But like, what
2: decision would the li- the umpire have made in the absence of Hawkeye? I wonder for the bubbles free. What way would he have gone? I think in or out.
0: In- aw- i you now I'm, I'm not sure. You know, you can never say. It, but from feedback from tip guys, Kilkenny guys, and that that. Uh even Jackie Turlo was near enough to the goal I think <laughs> Um, that possibly he'd have gone for a point it was that high and he thought it was over and I think for a long way it was over it was one of those tailors you know the big high tail ball and it, it might have drifted and it obviously did Hawkeye you know would have to beam up from there and uh yeah that could have been Tipperary All-Ireland champions Damon O'Shea uh, as the winning All-Ireland manager you know we know how important Damon has been but he'd like him to have one one man as manager as well I'm sure but there you go, like and I know there's a whole pile of things. I we also tennis, as you said, is a great example, and we also miss the John McEnroe tan, tan, tantrums, though, don't we? Where he, you got to be joking me to the umpire? And, you know, there's there's, there's 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 a place for technology. We also miss the lunacy as well, don't we? I'm sure Jackie Terrell would have been
2: um, in that umpire's ear a little bit more if Hawkeye wasn't there and even having an encouraging word with him to tell him it was wide. But yeah, you do miss that. But I, I, it still comes back to maybe get, getting the decisions right, and we're all happy. Like you see, rugby there, they get an awful lot of calls right when they go to the TMO. And I sp- it, it, it it is a bigger conversation, but I do think that with technology playing such a huge part in training and getting all the stats analysis right, it will play a bigger part in Ireland down the road. I don't see any other way.
0: Yeah, and look. That that has to be accepted, I think. I don't know if rugby... I, I'm not a fan of rugby. I know you are, but uh, I find that it makes it even slower, to be honest with you. But I, I suppose the correctness is the big thing. And look at even GA grounds, when you think about it now, you buy your ticket uh, in your spa or your Centra, or I right? Centra maybe, um, and... You go along, and it's it's you. Instead of the old days where you got your ticket pulled in two halves and handed back to you, uh, now your ticket is scanned and and boom and out to you. So obviously technology has come into grounds in ways that we haven't seen before. But just an interesting thing that somebody pointed out. I think I think Christy O'Connor had it in, in an Examiner article a few a, maybe a couple of months ago back. Now again and. That John McGrath goal at that stage, like he asked the question, I think, of the of the referee's committee. I think Dickie might have been involved, maybe Willie Barrett, I'm not sure now. I don't want to be saying anything I say here is, is complete gospel because obviously we hear different things. But that, that like just say yeah, Brian Hogan caught the ball, came out, cleared it, and John McGrath stuck in the net, but goal disallowed and point given 21 seconds later. Okay. But in the meantime, if we'll say uh, the ball came to Michael Breen from the puck or whoever it came to uh, and from nowhere, D- O'Keefe came in with a, a tackle, controversial one. um That was that was red carded. Let's say a bit like the Richie Hogan, divided opinion. And in the meantime, the ref had decided that's a close line. You're gone, red card. That that red card would stand then. And yet there was a four point swing in the game. If you know what I mean. That's another one that I just thought, Jesus, if I was the manager. Yeah. You know, and 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 like okay, it worked in Davy's favor that day. If it worked against him. I don't know if he'd be too happy with all that. Would he down the man and and uh, and and down a pint? Do you know? Uh, if it would have been a fair one to take.
2: Yeah, it would be a fair one to take. And the other instance I was going to talk about very briefly again, with my with my limerick glasses on, is the sideline uh, against Kilkenny last year, right? So in like replay clearly showed, right, that Dara uh sideline took a touch and went over a sixty-five, one point in the difference. Um, We'd like to think that we would have nailed at 65 and that the game would have gone to extra time. So, like, I, I, I don't know. Then, with something like a Hawkeye, VAR, whatever it is, can somebody pick up those type of decisions and do you ruin, as you said there, kind of the spontaneity of the game? But at the same time, I'm still back to making the right call and that was a wrong call. I, I, I probably would have blamed, I definitely would have blamed the linesman there.
0: Yeah, the linesman, it was, it was incredible. Like, I was in the box that day because you're allowed for the semi-finals if i was on the nighttime show i think or i was on actually the following day but we were kind of rushed being rushed away i think we'd go back and do a bit of work on that game or whatever we, we were kind of going away as the as, as the boys were going on the air i was on for the following day's game the and wexford game and uh like as we were going to the boys, the boys were getting mic'd up to go back live on the air you only literally have 90 seconds or whatever you know And i said jesus lads i think And you're in a box, of course, and the people beside you are just, you know, in an ordinary box. The Sky One is one side of you. Then there's people just, I don't know who who owns the box next door but or who has the lease on it or whatever. But they were starting to say to us, that was deflected. And I did say to Sir Farrell in live time, that Jesus, Sir, that took a weird flight, that ball. But you could hardly see it, TJ, unless you were in the Cusack at the time. But of course, then we saw it so clearly. And my biggest issue nearly there was how near Killian Buckley was when it was being taken. Do you know, in hindsight, like he should not yeah. come, it should have been a retake in line ball at the minimum with where he was or, or a join, or you know, what the rule is there if a the fella's too close. A retake, I presume. And of course Darrow Donovan is so good as him, good at them. there's a chance he'd have put that over as well.
2: Yeah, but I, just just to 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 follow on the fine margins, that's what we are down to. And we're trying to get all those decisions right. And it's probably easy for us to sit on the outside and be hard on officials and referees and linesmen and all that, but we still want the decision to be right. Um but I do think there's a role for technology. and uh, um, what you said there about a ball with a chip in it, um, I think that might help somebody upstairs in the referee's ear. That'll definitely help getting all those decisions right is the way forward. Can I just
3: say there I was I was talking to Mossy Mullins, the tip man behind that digital chip in the ball, and he said it could even, if they want, if the GA want to take it far enough, it Could even detect the hand pass, you know, basically if a hand pass has been hand passed correctly. Um, in terms of if you it'll detect whether the ball has been touched twice out of the hand, you know, like would you really want to go that we far? We need to get Derek, we, we need, yeah, we need to get Derek on next week,
0: uh, and don't log for that, for that. I think Larry, Jesus, I imagine if it we went that far, though, lads. Would we, would we have anything to talk about Sunday night in, in the pub or, or the Sunday game for that matter? Um, if it, if it was absolutely perfect and it wasn't down to decision by an official, Larry, what what would you take me on it?
3: Well, I mean, as far as I can see, isn't there, like surely in nearly every single goal or point in Hurland, there's a half foul somewhere in the move anyway, isn't there? Like you'd probably find, you could pick a hole in nearly every score in a match. Steps. If you wanted to go to VAR. Steps. There's nearly always five steps somewhere, isn't there? So there's no day like
0: that, you know, you don't, you know, uh, appear, you're on a Sunday game and you don't get a tweet or something from somebody. There's no game, no game. What about the steps before the Galway goal or before the Waterford point to put him a point ahead or before whatever? There's no day that that doesn't come in and there's no day as suppose, you're going to keep everyone happy. But I, I think the chip in the, in the ball thing, and I I actually think that came in long, or it was proposed, or it was, was out there from a study, from a, a lad in, in UCG, long before we heard of Hawkeye coming in. Uh, Larry, if I'm right on that, do you remember that?
3: There was there was something ages ago, all right, but I know they, these lads have been testing it in the Super 11s for the last um, two or three years um, and now they, they have it to a stage now where it basically you can test the, the speed of a shot and the, the the strength of a shot and the distance and all that, but they would, to take it to the next level, if they wanted to, you, you could detect lots of other things, including using it for Hawkeye as well, I believe, um, which would be yeah. probably cheaper than the the system to have it's it played.
2: There you know? yeah, some of those offside decisions in the soccer, even with VAR when it was introduced. About to the top of his shoulder was just offside, or whatever yeah. it is. Like getting into those type of technicalities that Larry spoke about there. That that that, that definitely is not a road you want to go. I you want to get the overall decision right, but
0: yeah, uh, it, 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 could, it could cause some problems. All right, it's far the better, I think, if we can get it right. But there's a time and a place for it, I think, and a, and a, a little bit. That we keep the balance between the officials having the say and constantly stopping the game.
2: There was a discussion for another day, but the game plan. I'm just wondering, where is the next transition, or what coaches are looking at, or where do you see it? If you if you were back in the managerial coaching hot seat, there now of one of the, the major teams, which is very possible in the next couple of years, dello, no, I'm sure. No, um, it's, what it's game it's, plan would you be pontificating or? Where 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 is the game heading? One of the things I noticed, um, not sure if you noticed, I was at a league game with Limerick and Tip this year with Brian Hogan. Speaking of him, was the 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 height of some of his puckouts. He was like giving the players out the field that extra second to get underneath it, where he was really crowding it. So I'm not sure if that was going to be a new tactic for for someone like Tiberi this year, but it's tried, Like I know it's definitely going to be possession related, but where is the game of hurling going, and what is the new game plan?
0: Well, I, I, do you know what? I don't know, TJ, and I think the chances of me being involved anywhere are very slim. So that's that's one element to your question. But yeah, I, I actually think it's a it could be a bit like fashion, do you know? And I I, I would have seen that from the years I, I had the sports shop, that stuff that when I started in '96 to when I finished maybe uh, in '11, stuff that was. Why are you wearing that? Uh, would be slagged off. at, the, And it was very funny with some of the parents coming in that they bought a lovely ja- jacket for the son. I remember one particular parent. Uh, he's a gas man. I actually only met him last week. And uh, he bought his son, uh, his son a Man United jacket. But it was one of those kind of puff uh, jackets, if you know what I mean, you know? and they're kind of back in like I remember we did we did a, an outside broadcast for one of the live matches last year myself and Derek McGrath were wearing very similar jackets probably suited myself and Derek now not the new look Derek obviously but it probably suited me anyway Teeds. but I remember your man said he was going into first year in St. Flannan's, and the father came in and uh, he said Jesus Dale he, didn't, he wasn't looking for it back because he said he still loved it with the United stuff on it and all he says but the young lad got a bit of a dune on Monday he said from some of the other lads from Innes where you're going with the lagging jacket uh, <laughs> I won't even mention his his, uh, surname in case it got out there, you know. But then all of a sudden, four or five years later, you couldn't keep those stocked, you know, because all it took was somebody who was, you know, big on, I suppose, social media was just coming in as I was finishing up maybe. Uh, But, you know, TV even and some of the pop stars and that. And I think, look, where did you see? go? I take you back to the Leinster final last year, TJ, where you're saying, Davy Fitz, maybe the king of the innovation and the new stuff and the sweeper and the way that has evolved as well with you know Kevin Foley coming up nearly as a seven forward at times now, but like, where did you see Davy Fitz puck out strategy where yeah. you know, Fanning boomed the ball down into the edge of the square? Now we probably know if there was a JJ and a Tommy there and an old Hickey there that maybe that system wouldn't have been in place. We saw how Damien Fitzhemery broke it up maybe in 204 by pinging the ball into space and runners everywhere, but where did you see that coming out of last year? I'm inside in the RT box, uh, watching that. Going, Jesus, where? Did, what's this going on? Like, but the obviously instruction was Connor McDonald get under it, definitely at least break it, and we're going to be savage onto the breaks. And I've no doubt they caught Kilkenny on the day on that that they weren't expecting that.
2: Yeah, and I suppose that's back to the very the conversation and maybe looking at the stats and analysis. They obviously would have fed into that maybe Kilkenny weren't winning as many breaking balls. I think. I read a stat there recently, believe it or not, right? The puck outs that only five percent of the modern day puck out is one clean. So that's that that's dipping like so. It's a fair it's a fair stat, but like winning that breaking ball after puck out was one that they, that, they, that they they bought into. But I said I just saw this year Brian Hogan hitting the ball with just massive Vietnamese no, a fair bit of a ball anyway, but just massive air in it, which gave an awful lot of players time to get in around it, then that breaking ball and that mad piece winning the the breaking ball and then trying to get a score out of it. But it's just trying to work out where they're going and I suppose where the ne- where the next phase of the the, the inter county game is. And I'm sure that all those coaches are out there today trying to get themselves that maybe one percent edge again on opposition. And I suppose the game of hurling, while we said it's still the same, there's always people looking for that little bit. technology, stats, or just a little edge, is always looking for something.
0: Yeah, and I think we we'll devote a whole pod on this. Uh we'll get Mr. Lander's Wi Fi back up. But I I think go back to your point, TJ, and I think I think the key to this is is knowing your players, knowing your strength, and that's where the good, the real top coaches will win. And I would imagine there's a there's a quick one now last year that we went we talked about that quickly, that Wexford tactic. Obviously, some of those guys I mentioned weren't there. Hugh Lawler was new. I think <laughs> Hugh Lawler could be an outstanding had a great year last year. Jesus had a great year. Now don't 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 I'm not passing any aspersions on on, on you, and, and uh But I think, you know, even Tip would have evolved. I think you take Bonner out of the half-forward line. Like, Liam Liam would have to t- sit down with Brian and possibly Bonner even, even though he was on crutches, and saying, look, Bonner's not there anymore. We know how good Bonner's in the air, even if he doesn't win it. But, Jesus, you won't see too many wing-backs or centre-backs catching it off Bonner. You'd have to evolve, you know. If you have an, an Isle of Mara in there, then that he's a different type player, that he'd want a different style of puck out. I think I think there's a full podcast in that one for us, Teach. There is, Dillo. I think it
2: could be as much as managing your weaknesses as managing your strengths because if you can't win a ball aerially in, at 10, 11, and 12, well, then the puck out has to change. It has to evolve and it has to be different. And I suppose that's 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 what we're talking about in, 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 in the modern game is that people do. I know that when you're sitting in the stand and certainly for me, I hear, like, when you see the way Limerick are trying to play and you understand what they're trying to do, and I hear people behind me say, jeez, we're not hit the ball long or whatever. But so, if you look long, the opposition of two players over and it's just trying to get that full understanding of, look, this is what they're trying to do. Like, from Limerick's point of view, in fairness, we hit the ball long for 40-odd years and we couldn't win in All-Ireland. At least this one worked, you know what I mean? So stick with it and stay with the plan
0: yeah look 100% and 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 brilliant brilliant to have you again tj and uh, we'll, we 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 will chat again hopefully we can keep it going for people over the next few weeks and and kill an hour for them uh, with interest and stuff i hope hopefully we are uh, we 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 welcome your feedback uh, even if it's negative we we welcome it you know there will, there will be people who'll disagree and i think you know you're dead right and i still hear it again. drive the ball and but well, i think if you keep winning all ireland's national league and monster championship tj do They'll be quieting. So look, uh folks, keep keep safe. Uh stay inside until we're told to do otherwise and uh, I think trying to obey the laws. And look, we'll 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 try and keep it going for you here as long as we can. We're we're doing our best. We're we're trying to be innovative and, and TJ, I'm gonna give you the credit for coming up with a lot of the material as well for today's show. Uh great ideas and we're all we're all tapping each other for stuff to come up with that will really people will enjoy, I think, and that's the key to it. So Great stuff, Larry. Great stuff, Tijaa.
1: Thanks a lot. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince.